Okay, Kum Len in Ablatimara. We are up to the Kuf Ahmed Aleph. We're talking about over here with the peasant. We learned before if the widow herself um, or, you know, takes a, a larger property than she's entitled to, then the entire, it doesn't matter how minuscule the amount is, the entire deal falls off. But if it's the Dayonim, up to a sixth, everyone agrees if they, um, you know, undersold it by under a sixth, everyone agrees the sale is valid. If it's exactly a sixth, the Tanakhama says that the sale is invalid, and Hashem Gnul says, no, it's still valid, because im kein ma koyach bezen yafe, have to have extra powers. Everyone agrees, however, if they put it out to auction, they put out a letter, document uh, for auction, then that's the market value, and uh, everyone agrees it's a valid sale. And then we discuss the status of the shliach of Bezin. We had a machlekes where the shliach Bezin had the same status as Dayanin. That what that if he makes a mistake up to a sixth is valid. Not like an almona that even makes a mistake for one for one pruta. The whole deal unravels. And um, and the other opinion is Shua Bisna says that no, that she has a shliach dimal almona because he's a lone person and and it's possible to make a mistake. Not like a Bezin that. A group of people, so therefore, <clears throat> not really an error. So we're up to the Gemara here in the first wide line. Actually, about the line above the first wide line, two lines above. The halacha is like the chachamim, not like the shemim gamliel. So if the bezin made a mistake of a sixth, ordinarily for ordinary people, we say that the, the deal remains, but you have to return the know that extra amount. But uh, the Tanakhama said, when it comes to a bezin, the deal the deal unravels. Says the Gemara, but less later, Nachman, Nachman made this ruling. Doesn't he agree with the principle, Makoyach Bezin Yafa, that when Bezin puts a stamp on it, it's much more powerful, much more authoritative than an ordinary person, so therefore the, the deal should remain. And how do I know that Nachman agrees with that principle? Because one of Nachman Mishmol, we're learning more Kedusha, Nachman Sene Mishmol, Yishayimim Shebo Lachlik Benichse Aviv, you have orphans who wanted to, 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 um, to divide the estate of their father. So how can they all underage? Is Bezdin Mamidin Lahena Patrufis Bezdin sets up these uh, executives of the state and they take care of it. And And each one they choose for them a um, what they think is most appropriate for their for their for their um, orphan. Machlek is Roshanim. Tasters on the bottom. Whether it's done through a lottery, others say the word Boydin sounds like it's negotiated. And um, others say it's just purely a lottery. Once the kids grow up. And now they can think for themselves. This opinion says they can they can protest say we're not happy with whatever it is. And Nachman says, no, once they grew up, it's too late. I found they're stuck with the property, whatever property the executive chose for them, that's what they have to remain with. And, and the logic he uses, because you can't otherwise, what was the point of the whole exercise? Business authority is no better than anybody else's. They appointed this executive, and therefore the administrator, and this administrator therefore chose for them, and that's what it remains. So Nachman doesn't agree with that principle. Like Kashi, can't compare the two. Over there, in the case of the assignment, the Besant didn't make a mistake. They, they came to the conclusion that this property is good for this orphan. It wasn't an error, and therefore you can't fault them, and that, that judgment remains. Uh, remains. On the other hand, by us, we're talking about the Besant, uh, you know, undersold the property. That's an error. And therefore, why should Besant's authority be that much stronger? It's a mistake. Says the Gemara, I don't understand. You're telling me in the case of the orphans, there's no error. So what do you mean they grow, they grow, they grow up and they protest? What are you protest about? There's not, 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 nothing wrong. Uh, so what are they going to make 
you, you're saying, they didn't make a mistake here. There's no mistake here. Then what in the world are they protesting? The sides, for example, one of these same um, inherited a property from his grandfather uh, through his mother's side on the left, on the west side of, of this property. So he would like to, have, uh, to be close to the new properties uh, that, you know, it abuts his own, his older, his other property. That's good. So that's what he's protesting. So not that there was an error made by the Tayyanim, but things changed, circumstances changed, or uh, for convenience, he would like to have them, you know, um, together, joined together. That's what he could protest. <clears throat> and the Nachar says, too bad. The Bezin made a decision and remains. Rabbi came along, he said, there's a story, but also Rebbe actually carried out the words of the Chachamim, which is what? That the Bezin made a mistake of a six, and therefore they unwound this whole deal. So Parta came along, who was the son of Rabbi Lozer, who was the son of Parta, who was Ben Benoishet Parta Godel. And the way Tesha learns is that this very son was a grandson. This Parta then is a grandson of Parta Hagodl, famous Parta. And he said, If you're going to unravel this deal, then what makes Bezin special? Knows he used the swear of Rashim Gamil. The Hechze Rebbe is a Rebbe, and Rebbe um, reversed his, his final judgment. That's one version. He actually reversed it. Rabdimi tells the same story, but one slightly different. That is, Rebbe hasn't yet passed judgment. He wanted to, he was inclined to. He intended to. The partner told him, How can you go down this track of the Hanukkah? What about a shimmer little? You got to give more fire in the business. So he did not proceed with that sack. So what's the, 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 the argument with these two, uh, I guess, uh, variations of the story? This argument. The first one says he actually paskened, but then he reversed his psak. Now, once a dying paskens, he can't reverse his psak. Unless it's a Torah Mishnah. He's, it's open, an open Mishnah, and therefore his psak is meaningless. And therefore, it's an open Mishnah of Shimon Megamil who says clearly, that in came Akari Bezin Yafir is an open sack. So Rebbe made a mistake in the sack. Now Allah should be like a shimming mill. And therefore Rebbe reversed the sack. But the other one says, Ain't no crazy. The other one says, no. Even once a die in Paskas, he cannot reverse the sack, even if it if, if it flies in the face of a Mishnah. Doesn't matter. <clears throat> but yet the problem is in Russian head, and everyone says there that Tobit Mishnah, if you make a mistake against an open mission, it's not a sack. And here we see there's a machlekes. You must say, right, light. There's those machlekes. Everyone agrees, of course, if you pass in against an open Mishnah, you reverse it because it's not really a sack. Just argue what actually happened. That's all. All of the says, Let's say the Almana has the right to sell properties to be able to, to pay for her and so does the Bezin. What happens if an error happened? Um, if an error happened, who takes responsibility? Or what happened an error happened? What happens if the field then gets seized from the purchaser by somebody who claimed that the field was stolen by these um, by these kids' father or something to that effect? Or a lender comes along and claims and takes it from the purchaser. Who's responsible to reimburse the purchaser? The widow or the bezin who sold it directly to this purchaser? Or does it go back to the orphans? 
to the state. So I'm going to basically for a month of being sold Achrayis Ayasme. The responsibility, liability goes back to the orphan to their estate. Bezdin the Zavim, and the same thing with Bezdin the Bezdin that sold is Achrayis Ayasme. The responsibility goes back to the same. So you want to pshita? Of course. They're just acting on behalf of the assignment. If it eventually gets taken uh, from the uh, from the purchaser, the purchaser goes back to the state for the assignment. What's a chiddush? I said, right. There's no chiddush involved. It's obvious. The chiddush is by a bezin. I would have thought that maybe bezin. What would I have thought? I would have thought that kol the zabin me beidina adaited enough for the kolos zabin. That Bezin Jenny, when they sell, they make an auction. And therefore, the buyer, when he went ahead and he bought it, um, um, he was convinced that there was no, nobody is going to put out any claims. But when you make an announcement in a public auction, if there was somebody who believed that this property belonged to him, he would have come forward and said to the Bezin, hey, what are you doing? So therefore, we would have thought that when the buyer bought it, he didn't even, he was Michael, the, 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 the guarantee. What are the guarantee for? Bezin sold it. There's no question that this is 100% perfect because anybody would, would have complained or come out of the woodwork and, and, and stake the claim. So therefore, perhaps it's as if the buyer was Michael said, I don't need the, the, the guarantee. Come out, well, no. Even so, there's a guarantee there and you can go back to the same. That's a chiddish. Shimon says that Bezin makes an error Nevertheless, the error is um, the, the sale is a valid sale because otherwise, in came Mark Koyak Bezinyot. The question is, how far do we take it? How far do we take it? By no, normally it's a sixth, but only a person. If it's more than a sixth, the whole deal unravels. What about when it comes to Bezin? Says the Gemara had come to where? I'm going to be with my Huda, I'm going to say, add Palga up to half the value. So up to half the, uh, up to half the numbers, double the value. It's still considered a sale. took a field that was worth two hundred dollars and sold it for hundred, undersold it. They took a hundred dollar field and sold it for two hundred. Where there, the buyer uh, was cheated. Nevertheless, the sale remains remains. Why? Because they can they can be taken up to them. says the now there's an argument which says apalga means literally apalga or it means add infinite. There's no, there is no cap. The last time I'll show you how it works. If a bezin is supposed to sell by making a public auction, what if a bezin sold it without making that achraza? Nasu kimisha with Mishnah. It's as if they made a, they passed a, a, a judgment which is against an open Mishnah, the chayzin, and therefore the entire process has to start all over again. Um, what do you mean nasu? It's as if vaday Surely they made a mistake. Nasu means we make believe we, we treat it as if they made a mistake. They did make a mistake. It's not. Isn't there a clear Mishnah where it says Shuma Yisaimin that when you assess the properties of Yisaimin, if you have to sell it to reimburse, let's say there's interest eating away at the property, so they sell that in order to reimburse the lender. Is for 30 days, you go ahead and you make a public announcement. For Shuma Hegdish, if you're selling it on behalf of Hegdish, it's Shisha, six days. And how's it work? Every day, every morning, every evening, they go ahead, you know, for the workers going to work so that they can remind the owner or they're going home and the way home. So clearly it says that you have to make a cross in Mishnah. So it's not as if they made a mistake. They actually did make a mistake. Said so you were not. 
from there, I would have thought Hani If from there, I would have thought that's only by a shliach. Over there, it's talking about if somebody's acting on behalf of a bezin. So this is what you, this is the protocol you have to make. You know, the public announcements, thirty days or sixty days of the bezin. But the bezin themselves, loy. How do I know the bezin themselves actually also have to go through hachraza process? Maybe they can just outright sell it to mashalon, and therefore it comes to teach you. It's as if they made a mistake, because it's not clear in this enunciation uh, in this mission. It says in our mission, when the yoni make a judgment, if they, if they uh, undersold it by a sixth, oversold it by a sixth, they increase the price, which means they're cheating the buyer. The sale is bottle, but sounds like how shava beshava. What about if it would have been equal? The sale would have been all right. Now we're going to assume that there was no auction here. My love, the way Achis is talking about there was no auction here, and yet we're saying that the sale is a valid sale. So clearly, that a bezin does not have to go through the process of an auction. It's only if they made an error, then we have this machlek is what do you do? Says the Gemara, Loi, no, but Achis, talking about there was an auction. Since the later on in the Sefer talks about if they made if they made an announcement, they made an Igeris, um, it says in the Sefer they put out this auction letter. You know, Igeras Bekaitis, then the sale remains. Obviously, till now we're talking about there was no option. But Achis Havirish Lachis. It turns to say, everyone agrees that if he, if they put out, uh, they made an auction, everyone agrees that the sale remains, uh, the, the sale remains, even the Tanakam agrees to that. So when we say in the beginning of the Mishnah that the sale falls apart, obviously there was no auction. And yet, but if he didn't didn't cheat anybody, if they sold the proper value, it would have been a good sale. So we see that if a bezin did not go through the correct process, nevertheless, it's a valid sale. <clears throat> it's a valid sale. It's a question on Amemar. says the Gemara, um, no, we're talking about there was no announcement. There was no announcement. How come talking in the beginning of the Mishnah, it's a valid sale? Certain items that need to be uh, brought to auction, those items of the bezin does not bring it to auction, it's not a sale. And can, in, in the beginning of our mission here, where it says that the sale remains a sale if he didn't cheat, he didn't make any error in the price, is items that do not generally go to the auction, to the hammer. Which items don't go to the auction and why not? The following things that don't go to auction. Number one is avodim, we'll see in a minute why not, slaves. Metalling portable items and starters and documents. You sell your documents. Avodim time. My what's the reason? Shema Yishmu. The avodim here that the, 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 their master is selling them and they like the thing with their master. They don't trust anybody else. Then the Yeruchu they'll flee. You're encouraging them to flee. Metalling the starters. They were worried. Shema Yigenu. If they know it's for sale, it might get stolen. But look what happened. A lot of people come to see to check the merchandise before the auction, and you are opening up for uh, perhaps a, a, a robbery. So therefore these items which are easily stolen, we don't put up for public auction. <clears throat> so that's at the beginning of the mission. The taco was not an announcement, but they did not require announcement. <clears throat> Here is talking about, there are certain times, um, certain occasions that we don't that we you know sometimes we have plenty of time up our sleeve so therefore we do the, the process 30 to 60 days sometimes where it's a matter of urgency we don't have any time we don't make any public auctions because we need to sell quickly for example as we had a few days ago come um, the army said Lakaga when it comes to pay of the taxes the head tax for orphans all the mezzanine to feed the woman she needs to live all the quota to bury we don't want the body to lie around DC cases we sell without an auction but we need to sell straight away quick sale a fire sale but that's how it is 
So again, there was no auction in the beginning of the Mishnah, and that's why the sale was a valid sale. The only problem there is that you did not get it the right price. Not every region do they actually go through this process. Always. They never made public auctions. Okay, so that's what the beginning of the Mishnah is talking about, a place where they don't make auctions. Um, <clears throat> they thought the reason is maybe everybody there, everyone there knows how to appraise things. They don't have to go to an auction. Everyone knows the true value. You don't need a proper value. You don't need a professional guy. You know why they didn't, they didn't make auctions? Because people would say, and it's an interesting debate, if a bank seizes somebody's property and they sell it an auction, and you buying it for a, a, a fire sale price, a big discount. Did you do the right thing or the wrong thing? Some people say you did the right thing because basically you paid back most of his loan and you saved it. Others say you did the wrong thing because you bought uh, on the cheshman of this person who's just taking a big loss and uh, and you bought his house underneath him. If you like a Kolmachaz or something. People would accuse you that you're a mean spirited person that you buy uh, from people who are never underprivileged or people who are in trouble and you bought their property on a big discount. So people look at them in a, in a negative way. And in other places they say, no, they, you know, you're helping them out. You get, you're turning, converting it to money so they can pay off his debts. Interesting debate. When it comes to the portable items, and we sell them straight, straight away. <clears throat> he says you have to bring it to the marketplace and see there because there will be many more buyers then you get a better price but like, please, there's no argument how do make your sukkah if the, if the day with Mondays and Thursdays were the market day or if the, the if the day of, uh, of the sukkah is Rashi learns from a time others learn they're talking about distance physically where the marketplace is so if it's right next to it or it's the following day okay you can wait but if it's not the following day you have to wait a while no then you don't wait for the marketplace this is an interesting hat by him he was he was mining the beer of Rav Mesharsha Bar Chukai Rav Mesharsha the son of Chukai Yasmin who was an orphan under age now was he called Rav Mesharshi and still a Yasim? Or are we saying now he's Rav Mesharshi, but he once was a Yasim? Uh, and Shehiyah and, and Ad Rigu. And he had to sell the converted cash, but he decided to wait until Yamtif. Why until Yamtif? Amadi said, I'll be the Nava Be'itzitzla, even though waiting so long might turn a little bit sour and won't be as fresh. Nevertheless, Maise Zuzu Kharifa, I'll get a much better price for it because there'll be so many more buyers and more takers. And uh, and jump to the time people like to take a drill save a so therefore um we'll um we'll do it, we'll wait. Ravina Ravina Zute Yas, but Ravina had by him, he was mining wine of Ravina Zute, of I guess a nephew of his who had the same name, Barakhte, his nephew, his sister's son. How the Nami He also had his own wine. How the and he was taking it to a place called Sichre to sell. Ravashi went to Ravashi. He wanted to know whether he can bring his uh, Can I take my nephew's wine with me? Because what's the problem? I'm putting. I'm taking a little risk because I'm putting. I'm taking it by boat, and it could be the boat will capsize. Am I allowed to put the? the I'm, I'm, am I allowed to put the items of um, I guess of a yasim and put it in risk? So he told him, you guess no problem. Since you took a risk with your own items, you now take a risk with the same, but you wouldn't do for yourself. But if you're taking the risk yourself, you're taking, you're transporting the wine by this boat. So definitely you can take the same with you. Mishnah. 
Hamam Enes, a girl who got married underage by her brothers or by siblings or by her mother, and therefore the, up to the age of 12, she could walk out. Hash, and when she walks out like never married, Hash Nia, a woman that is forbidden to you, Midrabanan, <clears throat> you know, your know, grandmother, mother, and all that kind of, you know, all, that, all those names we had in Yavamas. A Shnia, an island is, or a woman that's barren, like a ram, but, you know, can't have any children. None of them have a ksubim. Why a man doesn't have a ksubim is because she walked out. Why and what would you give her a ksubim? A Shnia doesn't have a ksubim because it penalizes her. You should never have married her, but penalized both. They both did the wrong thing. Not only she did the wrong thing, he did the wrong thing. <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> now with a shnir, with a shnir, the children are, are kosher. So we are convinced that it's more her, uh, I guess, seducing him or inducing him to marry her than he inducing her. <clears throat> and we'll talk about it later. And islandness, but the whole thing is based on an error. Nor of the late Paytas, Paytas. Rashi has two pshatim with Paytas. Either Paytas is that after she walks out, uh, he doesn't have to pay, you know, because she brought a nichsem malog, these properties that still belong to her, but he he works at it and he gets the, the dividends. And then, let's say she walks out and she says, pay me back for all those dividends you took. He doesn't have to pay it back at all. Or Paytas means that part of the deal we said the arrangement was that, you know, they have to support each other, that he has to redeem her in case, um, uh, in case um, she gets taken captive, and this is in the place he gets the nixim malayg, he gets the dividends of the nixim malayg, and in return he has to take care of her if she gets taken captive. <clears throat> but in this case, if she gets taken captive, he does not have to redeem her all in the case of me and all that. Why? Because that's a tanaik suva, and since the tanaik suva is part of the suva, and the suva itself we just said doesn't exist, so there is no tanaik suva. <clears throat> the the Zainas, he does not have to take care of them. When we say Zainas, it doesn't mean to take, of course, while they're married, he has to take care of them. It's a tonight service, so it falls away. And that's talking about after um what do you, for example, while well, married, not to take care of her. While they're married, he has to take care of her. It's talking about the husband, and we'll see later. The husband went overseas and she went ahead and borrowed money from somebody to be able to live. And then the husband comes back, he's not responsible to pay back that loan. Because <clears throat> if if she's a mine afterwards, he doesn't have to pay retrospectively for that loan. The husband says, "Not my wife anymore." The lawyer is. Let's say she brings in. There's either nixim malayg or nixim basel. Either nixim malayg, which are hers, and he gets a dividend, or nixim basel, which basically are his because he takes full responsibility. And if it goes up and down in price, it's all to his benefit. So like it's his. If let's say. It, it rotted over time. All you have left is, you know, tatters. Nevertheless, she does not take it back with her. If the things are still in existence, she takes back her nixim malayg. But the blood, she doesn't take back. What happens? The im betchila nasal shem islandess. If he knew from the beginning, from the start, that she was an islandess and he married her, then of course he has to look silly. What about our monogamous people who are forbidden to marry each other from the Torah? A monogamous What about divorce here? Chalutza. There's a machlekes regarding chalutza. That's only the rabbanon. We'll talk about later. Or a mamzeres on a sinner Israel. Or a mamzeres. These are all forbidden from the Torah. Or basis on sin mamzeres. In all these cases, yes, luxuva. There is luxuva here. Why? Because there's no reason for the rabbanon to penalize anybody. Because this is my Torah, and. <clears throat> Furthermore, the child that's born from this union is a puzzle or a hollow, and uh, therefore we believe that um, that she does not induce him to do this because she knows the repercussions. It's rather he that convinces her, 
and therefore we're going to penalize him that he must give her a ksuvah. This is a penalty that he must give her a ksuvah, even though they're living illicitly, because we believe it's more him than her. Rav Tony, when it comes to him, um, um, <clears throat> Rav learns he holds that even though, let's say, she wasn't mine. She got married too young, but instead of being my mind, you decide to you decide to sever the ties and you gave her a divorce. Um, she doesn't have a ksuba because it's not considered married until she's bas mitzvah. Ain't luxury. There is luxury whatsoever. The Khosh came my men. Surely if she walked out, she's not a chief officer ksuba. Shmuel disagrees. He says, My men is in luxury. That our mission of enemy is literally a my menace. But Yaitza begets, but he divorced her, then surely Yesh Maksubas, he's entitled to Ksuba because they were married. Till he divorced her, they were married. But other Shmuel at Tame, Shmuel is consistent with his view, the Amashmuel, Mam Ennis, if she walks out, then Ain Luxuba, she forfeits Ksuba. But Yaitza beget, if he is the one who severs the ties, then Yesh Maksubas, she has Ksuba. Mam Ennis, if she walks out, like she's never married. So literally, like Postle Minachi, she's allowed to marry her uh, husband's brother because she was never married to her husband. Like she can marry a coin. She was never married woman. Yoitza beget, but if she was divorced by her husband, at the age of 10, she was divorced, and she was only married with her abundant because her mother or siblings married her off. Then, but the fact is, she was with her abundant, at least she was married. Postle Minachi, she can no longer live with her husband's brothers. Or, and Postle Minachi, she's disqualified from marrying a coin because she's like a divorcee. Mam Enes, and a girl who walks out, if you give a divorce to a woman, you have to wait three months to determine whether um, a future child is, is the original husband, the second husband, now, even though she's under 12 years old, so there's no chance of being, no prospects of her becoming pregnant. Nevertheless, we don't, we, the, all the rules are uniform. We don't, you know, bend the rules. But if she, my man, she was never married, then you don't have to wait three months. If she was divorced, then she has to wait three months. Says in one of my commercial, and what's the Chiddush of Shmuel? Taninus, actually a Mishnah. Cool, we learned all of this. Hamam Enes Beish, if she walks out on her husband, who mutter bekrev yisav, he mutter is bekrev up. She's allowed to marry his relatives. He's allowed to marry her relatives. They were never married. But like possible, the she can marry a coin. She's never married. Nasol again, he gave her a divorce. Who also bekrev yisav? With Rabbanon, she was considered married, so they're divorced now. She cannot marry his relatives. He has sort of he cannot marry hers. He has sort of bekrev. She cannot marry his. Who possible menakuna? So what Shmuel is saying is in the first Mishnah. In fact, how can Rav argue? So Rav will learn that this Mishnah here argues with our Mishnah here. Because our Mishnah here clearly says only Amamenes has no ksub. So Rav takes it literally, only Amamenes, but if there was a divorce, she doesn't get a ksub. So the Gemara, you know the Chiddush here is, the one case the Mishnah omits, Tzricha lahamtin gimel chadoshim itzachle. The Chiddush is whether you have to wait three months or not. The light tenan, it does not mention. Amamenes does not have to wait three months before she gets remarried, but if she received the get, she does. Says the Gemara, let's just go through two dots. Let's say there's an argument tonight. Rabbeleza says, a maisek tana klum. Rabbeleza says that the activities of a tana are absolutely meaningless. If the Bible is active, it's also there for the husband is not entitled to any refinings because they're not really married. And the loy, the maisek, the earnings does not go to the husband. The loy, the half-father, the does not entitled to another, the daughter, the ain't a yoy, she doesn't inherit if she dies. The ain't a metamla, if he's a koyan, he doesn't, he's not a metameter. Closer to it, ain't a kiisha lechol dover. She's not considered his wife. Elo shetzich lemin. Only the only thing that she's considered, the only as far how strong is the relationship, only as far that she has to do a mean and walk out. So clearly, this first opinion of Leather holds that she's not married. If she was married by a sibling, she's not considered a wife. 
And Rabbi Shua says, my satanicum, yes, it's, it, it, is, it is considered her activities are meaningful, or by the documents, he also, all the entitlements of the relationship between husband and wife is, 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 is over here as well. My there, her earnings, see, is for further today, you can annul and him, with Yosha, you can inherit her. Umetamela, and if he's a coin, he's metameter. Close to had a kiss, hold over. Elabach, she hates me. The only leniency here is doesn't need a divorce. She can just walk out at the age of up to the age of twelve. So Lamel, it doesn't seem clear. Rab the Omar Karabeleza. Rab was a Karabeleza. What that she's never considered married until she reaches twelve. And if she's married by her siblings, the mother of Shmuel, the Omar Karabeleza, Shmuel Omar Karabeleza, they is considered married. Say no. Elibar Karabeleza, Karabeleza is clear. Karabeleza Pligi, you're right. Rav is definitely like Rabbi Lezer, who says that they're not considered married. But even in Rabbi Shua, Rav can conform with Rabbi Shua. How? The argument of Rav and Shmuel was only within the opinion of Rabbi Shua. Shmuel says, I hold like Rabbi Shua. They considered married, and therefore all the didn't apply, and so on. Can I marry your brothers, his brothers, and so on? But Rav says, no. Look at all the examples Rabbi Shua gave, or all the examples. <clears throat> All the benefits that normally go from her to him do not uh, uh, do apply. But the benefits that go from him to her that he has to take her captive, that he has to provide for her, even Rabbi Shua's mother says, says Rav, that they don't exist because they're not really married. So that's the machlek is within Rabbi Shua's opinion itself. Okay, we'll stop over here.